This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. You need to consider some of these things. You can't bring the old measure to the new thing. Oh, yes, I can. Yeah, but you're going to fall short. You're going to miss out. It's not the same old thing. It's a new thing. And it's a restoration. Isaiah 43 and 18 on a message Bible. If you can... Pull it up, pull it up. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert and rivers in the badlands. One translation says, a way. Everyone say, a way. Amen. Do you know God's ways are not our ways? That's the trouble, isn't it? We need a God that's very neat and tidy and boxed up and wrapped up just tight so that we know where he's at if we need him. Well, that religion fit the bill for that still does. Uh, I don't know if you read, but when Jesus said it was finished, boy, I'll tell you what, God didn't just get out of the box. He ripped a hole in the curtain and blew on out of there. And and are you listening? And he intends to live in people that will let him live in, in them. He's a living God. Hallelujah. He's alive. And his ways are not our ways. Aren't you glad? That when man's way says you've got to die, God says, yeah, but resurrection life. When, when, when man's way says there is no way, Jesus says, that's my middle name, man. I mean, you know, if we don't got one now, I'll make one. I am the way. Well, living limited lives because, listen, listen, limited lives by choice. You know, look around your life right now. And, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a hard thing. But, you know, if you look around your life, that's your measure. Those are, those, are, uh, those are the choices. Now listen very carefully. Those are the, the, the world that you see, your world, is the world that was framed by the words that you chose for yourself. The words. Amen. We're, we're living in a time where there's a very seductive thing. It's just, but it's still a doctrine of the devil. You know, the, the, this little measurement of the Word of God, the importance of the Word of God. Amen. Uh, reset and a redo for a restoration. Today's message, a new thing is a restoration. Restore means to bring back into existence uh, for use. For use. Everybody say use. It's to bring into original, to put back into original condition and put into proper position. You cannot have the last one, restoration, without the first two. The reset and the redo are required for the restoration. That is a result and a reward of the requirement of the reset and the redo. We've gone over those things before. Luke uh, 9 
13, want to read some scriptures from the Message Bible over in Luke 19. This is a story about Jesus and his interactions with a man uh, named Zacchaeus. It says, Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was, uh, verse 1, 19 of Luke, there was a man there, his name Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He wanted desperately to see Jesus, but the crowd was in his way. He was a short man and couldn't see over the crowd, so he ran out on ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business? Does he getting getting cozy with this crook? See, uh, you know, Jesus will hang around people that are pure in their heart. Amen. That want to see him, are delighted to take him home. Want want what he has. See, and Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. I think he was more stunned that Jesus wanted to. He understood that the the religious folks didn't want him to see Jesus or be around Jesus or anything like that. But he said he stammered apologetically because he's talking to the master. He said, Master, I give away half my income to the poor, and I'm, I'm, if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. Now, what's he saying? Listen, I'm ready for a reset and a redo here. I got a reputation as a crook, but I hear it, but I'm, but I, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, Jesus. Now I'm going to reset and redo. Now listen, and listen, what what Jesus said today is salvation. Today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to find and to restore the lost. Everybody say restoration, restore the lost. See, um. Uh, he put him in the right position, in the proper position, and, and back into original uh, uh, condition. You know, and how he did that was how Jesus does. He came to restore order, priority, and position. Matthew 6 and 25. Let's go over there real quick and read some more scriptures. You know, because in order to be scriptural, we should have a scripture. The more scriptures we have, perhaps the more scriptural we can be. Would it do well to have uh, more scriptures versus less scriptures? Less scriptures of people will pull a piece of a scripture out of context and build a religion around that. But it has to. But but the truth always has more and more and more scriptures that are intertwined with it that point all in the same way and make sense and are and are connected. Matthew six. And we want to go to verse number 25 here. This is uh, Jesus speaking. He says, has anyone... Well, verse 25, if you decide for God living a life of God worship. So it's a decision, right? God's not, God's not a picking and a choosing a few. He's chosen everybody. He picked everyone, but not everyone picks him. It's a decision to be, live a life of God worship. Everybody say a life of God worship. Amen. 
You don't just live on Sunday for a couple hours. Well, let's just break it down to an hour and a half because, you know, it, we've, we've only got time for soup and sandwiches. Forget about steak. It takes too long. But maybe we'll grow up someday and have a taste for meat, for meat instead of just throwing bottles around and everybody sucking their thumb. And, uh, you know, after half an hour, we're done. Moving right along. Anyway, come on Wednesday. You can start there. We're, we're, we're you know, it, it will give you a steak sandwich. I mean, you just gnaw on it. You know, well, it's just too much. It, 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 it just chokes me. Well, we got some things that talk about choking the word out. But, you know, you won't choke on milk. Let's have some milk today. Amen. All right. Uh, verse 25. Now, why do you got to be so confrontational? Because you've got to have some change. If, you don't, if I don't confront it, it will never change. You know, I'm not a hireling. We hired you to make us feel good, preacher. Preach us happy sermons. Preach us how to be happy in life. Well, I am doing that. But see, you know, you need to understand that, you know, God called me. To be a successful shepherd. My, and my success is not whether or not you do it or not. My success is if I, if I feed you the word. Amen. You, you, if you'll do it, your lives will prosper. Amen. But I'm going to tell you what now. Even farmer, I look over them cows. If they don't do good where they're at with what I have to give them, they'll have to find somewhere else. They've got to thrive under that program, amen? This program is not me. You didn't hire me to come here and do everything for you. All your praying, all your wording, all your practicing, uh, fix all your problems. That's not my job. My job is to feed you the word. And if you'll take this word and work it, it'll work for you. Amen. I work myself out of that job. Amen. Hallelujah. Even with little children, we feed them a bottle while they need one, but then we teach them to feed themselves. Well, you're going to be feeding them the rest of their life. Amen. Hallelujah. And I know some of you are just stubborn and rebellious and just mad that you got to go to the grocery store with a list. And learn to cook. Learn to prepare. Amen. Well, how are you going to serve others if you just always got to be... Anyhow, served. Let's, let's look at this. Because uh, I... I came to move the marker today because the marker has moved. God moved it. There's a different measure, but you're going to have your own measure. And that old one won't work here. It just won't work. Amen? You know, it, it came as good news to me that I had a choice. I didn't have to get run over by the devil. I didn't have to put up with just losing and failure and defeat that I had a choice. If that's good news to you, you're in the right place. If that's bad news, you're like me. I listened to a preacher this week. I had to turn it off. Boy, he was talking about diligence, and I was so convicted over my negligence, I had to shut it off. I said, we'll come back to this another time. That's just too strong right now. I'm feeling too bad about my negligence to feel good about the diligence, but now that's what I need. Amen? The promise revealed the problem. And unless I deal with the problem, I could not get on with the provision of the promise. I'm just letting you in on a little secret. Amen. Hallelujah. It'll help you. Might have to hurt you before we help you. 
We'll be like the surgeon and put us to sleep. Then we won't feel a thing. That ain't going to work here. Amen. You don't just wake up, shazam, you're all better. Hallelujah. We'll give you a local. But we need to be awake and alert and present to the new thing that's happening. Amen. Amen. A hireling will tell you what you want to hear. But he will never tell you what you need to hear. Because it's just a job. You're a nickel, you're a nose. has no intention of taking the responsibility to see your life change to where you are presented to God without blame, faultless, without blame. Are you listening? I mean, the new, the, the new in you. A life that glorifies God. Are we interested in a life that glorifies God? How about you? Hook, hook up with me for just a second by faith. Because I'm going to tell you what, if you will, these words will change your life. You'll see some things. I came to shine a light into some darkness. Because in the dark, things go bump in the night, don't they? You get hurt in the dark. See, there, you don't see a way in the dark. See, we, we, need to, uh, we need to see some things, don't we? We need God to reveal some things to us. Because if he don't show us, we'll never know. And what we don't know is costing us dearly. It's not just costing us, it's costing God. It's costing them. Because when you're just like the dark, then it don't really matter whether we have light or not, does it? Amen. Are you listening? But somebody's got to shine some light into the darkness. That's what Jesus did. And boy, he paid the price for it, didn't he? I mean, those that loved the dark hated him. But those that hated the dark looked to his light. And they came out. Aren't you glad they came out? Aren't you glad? Because they believe now you had an opportunity to believe. Because somebody said that's the right thing. That's the right way. Amen. The call on this church is not a little call. Amen. This is not just... You know, we're just not called to be like all the rest. We're called to be like Jesus. We're called to, to and people that were like Jesus, you know, they said they know that they knew they were ignorant men. For some people, that's a stumbling block, you know. God takes the foolish things of this world. Ah, you know, sin says, don't say, I'm not an ignorant man, you know, by, by, by biblical means, but with the world standards, I don't have a master's degree and all that other kind of stuff of divinity. There's only one divine for me. That's him. He's divine enough. Amen. I don't need to, I don't need to have any kind of an alphabet on the backside of my name. Matter of fact, I, I love the new song that's out there. It says, there's only, you know, I'm just a nobody trying to tell somebody, anybody about this somebody. Amen. Jesus. If there are a way that we could see him, uh, you know, and just, just make us disappear, that's the harm looking for that way. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> do, you need to tell, do you need me to tell you, like most of the preachers that you love, how humble I am? Nothing surpasses my humility except my very good looks. Paul dealt with that, didn't he? He said, man, you hire these folks in here and they just tell you what you want to hear, tell you how to get rich quick, tell you this and that and every other thing. And boy, there the cat's meow. And he says, I'm garbage. Because I came in here and labored among you and told you the truth and tried to be an example to you and wouldn't let you get by with that sloppy stuff. 
says, so you hate me because I told you the truth. But these folks over here now, woo, I'll tell you what now. That preacher on the TV, he's something. Let's send him offering. Let's move right along here while we're right at it. Amen. As long as we're messing things up. Uh, I know four or five of you said, isn't it time to go? Is it? Is it? Amen. Boy, I saw Nick Saban pitch a hissy freaking fit yesterday. You want to see what a winner looks like? They hate losing. Doesn't matter what the scoreboard says at the end of the day. They hate losing. Because of them, winning's everything. You agree with it or not. But that, you're watching the winner when you see that. Well, Pastor, are you for, are you for Alabama? Go sit in the car. You're not paying attention to anything I'm saying. I'm for winning. I am for winning. Amen. I know winning. I know a winner when I see it. Hallelujah. I like what the Auburn coach said. He said, you know, everybody else is wishing they, he said, is hoping they can beat them. He goes, these boys believe they can beat them. You know, you got to believe that it's doable. You got to believe that what God's asking you to do is doable. Maybe not for you all by yourself, but God inside of you, it's doable. Even if it's impossible with you, it's still possible with him. Healing is possible. It's a doable. But you got to break it down. Are you listening? You got to break it down. If it's too strong right now, you got to come back and visit it again. Let it deal with the problem. All right? Let it deal with. Yeah, the problem is I can't hear that right now. But I'm going to keep coming back till I hear and am healed. Because hearing and healing go together. Hallelujah. Bible says you be careful about what you hear in these last days. Said so you watch out because in the last days perilous times will come. People will give heed to seducing spirits. Seducive, seductive. Boy, you can just, you know, be a, you can be a churchless Christian. Yeah, you can be less Christian, all right. You know, all the people that believe that it's all in the church are wrong. All the people that believe it's all out there, you know, uh, without the church are wrong. It's they met daily in the temple and from house to house. You gotta have both. You gotta have both of the togethers to keep it together, get it together and keep it together. Amen? You can't do this thing all by yourself. Go watch the, go watch the animal films from Africa. All the lions get the one off by itself. It's the one by their self that's about to be devoured or is being devoured. Hallelujah. I watched one the other day, but where the herd came. I mean, when the herd came, they gathered around and, 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 and put those lions out of there, even if it was a whole pride of lions. Run them off. Why? Because there's power in the together. There's more. We're better together than apart. Amen. Hallelujah. Learn how to do together here. All right. Uh, are you at Matthew? You've probably been there for a while, aren't you? We're not going to get through all of this, but 625. All right. If you decide for God living a, God, a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about and, and 
there's lots of things we fuss about, don't we? But here Jesus is, is, is putting in context, he goes, what you eat, what you wear, all this outward stuff, all the natural ins and outs of life. He goes, you're fussing about all of that stuff. And he said, here's the thing. He said, has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by as much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference instead at looking at the fashions? All the, you know. Whether the cookies get here on time, I mean, don't mean You know, are you listening? Whether or not, you know, they're going to have coffee or cake and ice cream or this all. He said, listen, he said, he said, just look out there at how God takes care of things. The proper priority and order of things. He said, I'm going to line it up here for you. Really. He says, if God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. People who don't know God and don't know how God works are preoccupied fussing with all their natural life. Well, you know, preacher, I would come, but you know I got to work. You're right. You got to. Amen. You're in a position where, where you have to. See? But you always still do have a choice. You can believe your way in a place where you, don't have, where you could control one day out of your week. Where you could control one day. And if you ever get one day out of con- under control, you can get some of the other days. And then pretty soon you control your time. Now, you, that may not mean nothing to you, but boy, it means the world to me. Be able to pick and choose. See, slaves don't control their time. They're controlled. Are you listening? Amen. He said, you're fussing about all of these things. People who don't know God do that. Remember Jesus told Martha, and boy, she got upset with this now, that that Jesus came and Mary went in, sat down at the feet of Jesus. And Martha, the Bible says, was pulled away. Pulled away from what? The words of Jesus, the presence of Jesus. Jesus is in the house, but she was pulled away by all the things she had to do. She had so much to do. And so, and now listen, and when you, when you're pulled away, something, you know, flesh don't, flesh just likes to, you know, smoke and smolder and fill the house with smoke, don't it? She's in there cooking and fussing and carrying on and what she's fussing about. Now, my sister won't help me. I got all this stuff to do and no one's helping me. And so she came out and said to Jesus, you know, look at her. Tell my sister, come out here and help me. We got beans and biscuits burning in here. We got all these folks to feed and, and now listen, Jesus adding, you know, kind of insult to injury. She's already hurt. Her feelings are hurt. She's hurt over this. Amen. And hurt folks like to hurt other folk. Did you know that? So, so she says, you know, you're all fluffed and puffed up, you know. Feathers are ruffled there. And Jesus said, Mary, uh, Martha, he said, now you are all fussing over, fussing over a bunch of nothing. <laughs> nothing? You mean beans and biscuits don't matter? He goes, they don't matter as much as this word. 
You can look that up. That's over there somewhere in the scriptures. Read it for yourself. Let's fast forward back to this one thing where Jesus, here he is passing the first test. First test. First. First test. First test. Are you listening? To live under the blessing and the anointing and with the power of God. First test is the devil comes along and Jesus has fasted for 40 days. See, spiritual people put flesh down. They put flesh under. They control their body. Their body don't control them. They control their body. Amen. Because we're a spirit who has a soul who lives in the body. This thing's supposed to obey you. You're not supposed to obey it. If it's talking back to you, talk to it. Well, I think I feel. Never mind what you feel. Faith. Faith your feelings. Forward. Amen. First test. Well, you're hungry, ain't you? Ain't you hungry? You're hungry, ain't you? I know you're hungry. I know you're hungry. You got them chicken wing down there. You is sitting up here in church. I know you're trying to worship God, but your mind's all fried chicken, ain't it? Ain't it? Ain't it? Ain't it? You know you're hungry. You were almost late. You had to skip breakfast. You know, you skipped breakfast. Oh, what a sacrifice to get you here to the church. Now you're hungry. They closed the cafe early and you need some fried chicken. And he is going on and on and on. And on first test, Jesus said, I don't live by just natural food, but I live by every word. So here's the priority. What happens if things are out of order in our life? Kick the machine all you want. It don't work. When things are out of order, they're not working. They don't work. It don't work. When our priorities are out of order, prosperity, God's prosperity, don't work. It won't work. It just doesn't. Amen? First test, Jesus prioritized the Word of God above every other Natural, temptation, test, whatever. The most important thing is the Word of God. Let's fast forward to, I'm going to answer two questions here today because we're, we're because, now here we're going to kick over into real spiritual stuff because there's somebody here. Listen, an honest heart will always get an honest answer from God. When you're just playing around and sealing, you just, it would be nice to know, but it doesn't really matter whether you know or not. God don't mess with that. <laughs> well, you know, I thought God answered me. No, He didn't answer you. Your own flesh talked to you. It just gave you what you wanted to hear. God did that again and again and again. The scripture, they'd come to Him and they'd say, Tell, you know, tell us what God's saying. God says, They don't want to hear what I'm saying, so tell them what they want to hear. Just tell them that. Amen. All right. Uh, Where's my harvest? I've sung, where's my harvest? Well, that's answered with the scriptures, isn't it? Over in 2 Corinthians, it it says that Paul said this about sowing. Now, sowing isn't just finances. 
An offering is the offering of our time, our talent, our energies, and our material resources or money, if you will. But it's, it's not just money by itself. See? Oh, uh, he said, well, he said, a stingy farmer. No, at the Passion Bible, it, it has the translation like this. If you read the footnotes, the Aramaic actually translates this. It says, a farmer who sows seed at a, out of a storehouse where seed still remains, he goes, won't get much of a harvest. Jesus, in the, there was an offering with the uh, woman. It was two pennies. Did the, did the two pennies matter? No, it's what they represented. Remember, everything was in coin, and you could hear how much folks were given. And folks were given a whole lot more than that. But Jesus called it. He said, but what did that matter? They gave. They wouldn't miss it. There was, there was, their faith was still in the measure they kept. It wasn't in the measure that they sowed. They never made the shift of their faith over. Their faith was still in what remained, not in what they had let loose to increase. And see, now listen, now you, you deal with this for yourself. I'm just trying to answer a question. If you're honest hearted and, and you know who you are or whatever, you really want to know, I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. So where's my, where's my harvest? Well, look there in the Word. Look, let this be the mirror that you look in and consider some things. Don't consider, consider God's ways, but consider your ways where God's ways are concerned. In keeping with God's way. Because I'm going to tell you, now listen, as long as, as long as you're your own source, you're going to be limited to the labors and the sweat of your brow and working the rest of your life as a slave to the curse. If you don't make the shift and get up here and get over into, into living out of your own giving. Now, if you've got a business, you ought to be listening to me. If you've got any business at all, you ought to hook your cart to God's horse in this. That's the truth. Amen. Boy, you can, bring, you can decide your own measure, generous or stingy, where God is concerned. And remember, we're not just talking about your money. We're talking about the time you give God, serving God, not being served. Oh, I came get my, I got my dollar rolled up. I rolled my dollar on Wednesday. I couldn't make it to church then, but I started getting ready Wednesday, preacher, to get here on Sunday and wait for the bucket to come by because I'm going to plunk it. Well, that's all right. You know, if that, if that measure is all you had, then you'd take all your faith and throw that against that. Amen. Believing in God who can't ignore a seed. And this is how God works. People that are ignorant don't know how God's work. They just, they got to worry and work and fuss about all these natural things because God can't take care of them. They're not believing him to take care of them. They're not seeking first the kingdom of God and his right way of being and doing. They're worried about doing all this. That's secondary. It's not first of all seek the kingdom and how he does things. And Jesus contrasts that and says, this is how the people who don't know God and don't understand his ways, they don't get to seek God first because they don't know how he works. By sowing seed and reaping harvest. Second question, that might have helped somebody. Hallelujah, I hope so. Well, I'll tell you, I felt such an urgency 
and a pull in my spirit because I felt like somebody was going to, God says they really want to know, they need to know, and I want you to tell them. Amen. Amen. Had the devil gotten in your deal? Well, how did he get in your deal? Are you listening? Amen. You think, and he's accusing God, saying God's being stingy with you. How could God be stingy with you if you weren't stingy with him? How could that happen? See, if God can trust you with a serious seed, are you listening? He can trust you with a serious harvest. If you'll get serious about seed, you'll find God will get serious about your harvest. Amen. Next question. Anybody... Uh, here that, that said this, why do I keep failing and falling into temptation, giving in, caving in? I'm overcome by temptation. Well, Jesus showed us a perfect picture of that. The answers are written in red, right out of his own mouth. All right? So do, do excuses fly real high with God? Do a word study on excuses. How far do they go with God? He he go just never mind. We'll find somebody that will. We know you won't. Oh, you know what I'm saying. You know, I'm patting Pastor Ron. It, anyway, I, I love you. You know, I'll pat I'll pat Lance. He's smiling. God says God says don't worry. You, you, we know you won't. And you don't, so we'll just we won't worry you with that. We'll find somebody who will and does. That's just how God works. We're an excuses concerned. Amen. The only reason I shouldn't ever be here is if I'm dead. Dead. Or that we've agreed that, you know, something was more important than that. And occasionally, my grandchildren have been, once this year, been more important than, uh, than this. Amen. And that's rightly so. You're the preacher, aren't you? Well, if you're going to be a leader, there's a different measure, isn't there? You see, if you just want to be a member, in the membership, pretty much anything goes. But remember, in the membership, God's always looking for leadership. Why wouldn't you want to be promoted? Leaders are a higher pay grade in life. Oh, yes, they are. Those that are faithful with a little will be made ruler over much. That's, the, that's how God does it. That's how it works. Why do I keep entering into temptation? Well, Jesus said it. He brought three of his leaders with him uh, uh, when he was under the most pressure in, time in his life. And he is, he is praying. The Bible says that Gethsemane was his private place of prayer. Do you have a private place of prayer? As he went and he was praying. He came back and they were sleeping. The Bible says you're just overcome. They ate too much at the Last Supper. They were overcome with grief. He, taught, he talked about a bunch of stuff they didn't, you know, want to hear or understand all that kind of stuff. Uh, but anyway, he came back and he said, you old lazy bones dog. He goes, the, he goes your flesh is, is weak. Your spirit has some willingness, but your flesh is weak and you're being overcome here. 
And what did he say? Literally, he said, pray that you do not give in. Pray that you do not enter in. Pray that you won't be overpowered and overcome with temptation. Hmm? That's the reason why. Well, now, let me break it down just a little bit further. They, they were not powerful enough to overcome that. How could that be so? Because when you pray on it, you have power on it. Amen. Are you listening? If you know the credit card is a weakness, don't bring it. If you know that Sister Susie down at Johnny's house is trying to get you in bed with her, don't go to Johnny's house. Don't go see Sister Susie. Stay away from her. Amen. Old whore dog woman, stay away from her. (gasps) Whore's a Bible word. So's a whoremonger and a whore and a whoremonger and a whore. Both of them are written in, in, in the Bible. Amen. You heard worse than that out there. Come in here. Somebody ought to shock you. <laughs> well, there's the answer. Why does this keep happening? No prayer. Flesh, flesh is overpowering the spirit. No, no spiritual power. Flesh. Weak. Weakness. Amen? Feeding the flesh. Letting the body rule over you. Letting, letting, you know, unholy, ungodly desires drive you. See? You got to take authority over that. If you're serious about that, you can fast and pray and that'll go away. I said it'll go away. Where it'll go away? Out there where it belongs. In its proper place. You'll have power over sin. You won't have to yield your members to it. Now let me tell you something here right quick. And we'll go. We're already four minutes after uh, the ten minutes that I'm late. Or fifteen, whatever it is. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Is this helping anybody out here? At all? Well, why, why, do, why, why, am I, why am I not having victory? Well, this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Where's faith come from? Hearing words from his mouth. Where do you hear words from his mouth? In prayer, you get in, you get in his presence. And when we come together, he's going to release words that he's not going to release to you apart from the together. Church is about you and I being supplying joints. And see, what, what, what's my finger going to do if it's cut off? Still a finger. It's going to die. It's going to wither and die. It ain't no good by itself. It has to stay attached. It has to have a source of, has to have a supply from the rest of the body. Isn't that right? Well, it's just me and Jesus, the head. We'll chop the head off and see where you get from there. You need the head. Don't dismiss Jesus. But there ain't no way the head and the finger are going to get along. It's the whole thing. And there's a supply into your life when they start to sing. There's a supply. When they meet you in the parking lot, there's a supply of the Spirit. When they open the cafe, there's a supply of the Spirit. When we come in, there's a supply of the Spirit. Why? Because we pray and then we obey. Because we pray, and then we know how to obey. And we're not overcome, we're overcoming. Hallelujah. Praise the 
There's no excuse whatsoever to sit in a church like this except that it just runs like water off a duck's back that you and I are not pressing into victory. Except we're just let, we're pressing the flesh. Amen. I mean, coming to church to hug the girls. <laughs> Ooh, I tell you what, now I'm going to go to church and hug all them pretty babies. No, you ain't. Amen. One hug from you and that will do. Amen. Come to a men's meeting. They had a training session on how to hug girls. You ought to see a bunch of men. Stand up, Pastor Ron. Amen. Here's Lance. He goes, now this is the proper way. That you, he said, you, you, you don't go like this. That ain't how you do it, boys. Because sometimes you can't just tell them. You got to show them. Amen. He goes, you just like this. This is how a man hugs a woman in church. See, he said, don't do a full double-breasted chest slam with a girl. He said, that husband might not like that. And girls, don't do a double-breasted chest slam on a feller. Amen. He can't handle that. Amen. There's scripture in the Bible for that. Her breast will satisfy you at all times. He'll look for some other form of satisfaction from those breasts that are not his. Amen. I'm not on a tangent, I'm telling you. Because power and purity go together. You are not going to have a flow and supply of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost who trained him, who helped him, who, who caused him to live a sinless, pure life. I'm not religiously, just a life that pleased God. He said, I always do those things that please my Father so my Father is always present and he's personal and he's powerful. I don't have to get cleaned up, honey. The pipe is clean. It ain't plugged up. It ain't clogged up. It is not contaminated. There is a pure flow from the pure power of God into whatever problem there is because power and purity go together. said, you've got to come out and be separate from the world. You're not going to win the world by living like the world and being like the world. He goes, you're going to go into the world but realize you're not of that world. You live pure in front of God. Always want to do what pleases God and God will be powerful in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, and he talked about the tongue being a perverse little piece of meat, isn't it? That's where the real issue is with, 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 with the Holy Ghost and power or other tongues is that we're not willing to give up the power of the tongue but realize that God said life and death are in that power. And until you give me your tongue and you start letting me work my words and you only say what I say, and great faith is that you speak the word only. Well, there's quite a mix going on. I, I, we got to stop, don't we? We really do. we got to stop. Hallelujah. Come back on Wednesday. Come back next Sunday. Are you interested? What was lost? A man and woman clothed with the power of God large and in charge of everything that God had created and commanded to have dominion over all the earth, everything that was in this, every natural thing, and commanded to have a spiritual family that would be just like them. I'm interested in that kind of a restore, 
generation. Isn't that what Jesus came? Stand up with me. Pastor Ron's going to come real quick. I bet he can play three notes. And if your heart's been convicted today, if you're here today, you've not, listen, make the, make the commitment to Jesus. Believe that it's doable. Believe that it's possible. And I, I held back on God because I said, nobody can actually do this thing. You cannot live this until God put someone in front of me that lived it. He had power in his everyday life. And no matter how hard you squeezed him, just Jesus came out. Now, he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't quoting a lot of scripture. He was a living epistle. He showed me that Jesus was the Son of God and that Jesus inside of him, he was a Son of God as well. Not the Son of God, but a Son of God. And it was powerful. It was a very powerful, convincing witness that it could be done. I saw it being done in front of me. A man living for God. A man as a wit, winning witness. And I'm sure if you ask him, it looked like it was going the other way where I was concerned because I was combative. See, the devil don't like light when, he, when you're living in the dark. But if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus, Maybe you have, but you were kind of got silly with it. Not been so serious. Maybe at another time in your life, we were a little more serious than you are right now. I'm talking serious today. Why would you come this far? Playing, the time of playing with it and practicing it are over. The time of working with it are right now. Isn't it time that it started working for you? You and your house shall be saved. Slam that hammer into the, into the rock that's resisting your loved ones from coming to God until it's smashed to smithereens and they see the way out of there. Because that'll do. Jesus said it. That's it. That settles it. It's done. Here, not one good promise would fail. Amen. I don't know where you're at in your measure, but I'm going to challenge you today. I've challenged you. Amen. Not as children, but men and women. Men and women of God. The mighty people of God. The seed that's to be mighty on the earth. Amen. Here we are at the day of it. And God's looking for some people that will volunteer voluntarily. I'm going to tell you by the Spirit of God, some of you are stirred in your spirit right now. Because the Holy Ghost is saying, yes, yes, yes. That's me. You need some change? This confrontation right now. I'm going to tell you what now. See? I'm one of those guys that say, get away from the door because I'm putting some dynamite on the thing and there's about to be an explosion. And if you want out, you can come out. If you want out, you can come out. Amen? And I'm going to ask you right now, just for a moment now. Listen, there's something about doing what he tells you to do. Faith is not final until there's a doing something. There's a doing something. Amen? I've sat, at the, I've sat at the lawyer's office and signed a piece of paper that was, that was just, that, that, 
that we were doing the thing. And it was just a legal document. I mean, I wasn't actually turning the key in the gate or the house or this or, or this or that. But I'm going to tell you what. The minute that I did that little small thing, the big thing went into motion. It was released. The increase was released with the little thing that I was asked to do. Amen? That's what God does to seal the deal with us sometimes. He just asks us for a move of faith. Moses stood one time, he said, if you're for the Lord, he goes, I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and if you're for the Lord, if, what, if his words are working on the inside of you, and you want this word to work for you, he goes, you need to move from where you are and get over here on this side. Show God. Don't just tell God. Well, God knows. See? Yeah. That's another doctrine of devils that God knows and God understands. Let me tell you what God knows and understands. Faith. Faith that follows through. God understands words that we put works to. That's what God understands. And God understands when we just hold back and sit back. Are you listening? We're not going to get nothing from God because we're double-minded. Because we care more about what people think or we care more about this or that or that it don't take all that. Let me tell you something. It takes a whole lot more than just sitting at a piece, signing there, sitting on the lawyer's desk and signing a piece of paper and sliding it across. When you open that gate, buddy, it's yours. Now the work starts. Now that wild place is yours and you got to make it into a show place for God. You know what I'm talking about. It, move from where you are. Make, I came to move the marker. If you saw the marker move and you want to measure up to it, now you want that marker to be yours, I want you to make a move right now. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.